And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and as usual I'm joined by Davey Rispin from the Rispin Vlog and I'm joined by Kieran Flynn from the County Board, the PRO of the Mead County Board and uh, on this week's We Are Mead podcast we will be looking back at uh, an action-packed weekend for our county teams. The Mead ladies were out, the men were out um, and uh, also the club cup competitions we're on this weekend, uh, coming to a, a close in the league part of it, and uh, they will be moving on to the semi-finals and uh, preliminary semi-finals during the week. Um, we'll also be having a look back at uh, our Insta Interactive with David Rispin, and we'll also be looking at the GEA predictions in association with Corto and GFC. If we have time, I doubt we'll have time. I don't think we'll look at the table at all. Um, you know, it's definitely... We might know, just get down to we the might, bottom of the table. We we'll might we'll <laughs> skim over the top, maybe. Yeah, we might skim over the top. Well, skimming over the top is not going to see you or Kieran or Brian Kelly. Um, <laughs> it's definitely, <won't> <laughs> definitely Brian Kelly. It's definitely not going to see me either. Um, you know, it's... Uh, but we'll come back to that later on and... Kerry let me down and a few others let me down. I think everybody let me down this weekend. But there are other games from this weekend that were postponed and they will be going ahead next weekend. So a full... Um, they won't be included. Oh, they won't be included. So on the, on the Baron they're played before Tuesday, the rule states if games aren't played by Tuesday, there will be null and void. Whoa, hang on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, where, where does it say that? On it the says it, I'll show you that. Oh, this is... This is the small print that we weren't shown here, Flynn. <laughs> you didn't, you Anyways, didn't look at the small print. We are, we're going to, uh, while you look that up, I am going to, so there's going to be none of them games played by Tuesday. Yeah, right. weekend, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bye week for Hurland next weekend. So there was no Hurland this weekend and there's no football next week. So they'll all be probably next Saturday or Sunday. Yes. Yeah, so do you yeah. want me just to read rule two? Uh, round three fixtures not completed by Tuesday, the 11th of February will be voided. That's a disgrace. I, all my bankers uh, got, got <laughs> all got, the draws. All my bankers got got caught up. <laughs> to be honest, weekend. I think if you still got the three draws in the games that were left to play, I don't think you'd win, Mickey. So no, I mightn't win, but I go ahead of a couple of you, so that's for sure. Um, Debatable. Well, I, I'm level with points this week with you, um, and he's only a couple it's, of it's points. Done on a, about, what, about <laughs> ten headiest. About ten headiest. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Anyways, we'll come back. To the GA predictions in association with Cortown GFC um, later on. That's Cortown GFC, and um, we're we're going to start off this week with the cup competitions. And uh, Mr. Kieran Flynn is going to start us off with the. Let me see which ones are we going to first. We are going to go to the Tolchin Cup, and uh, Kieran Flynn, if you can give us the results from the Tolchin Cup this week. 
as the man says, we're doing the last round group games of the knockout cups, as, he, as they say, the way we do things in Mead, sometimes you wonder. But uh, Tolchin Cup, Group A, St. Vincent's Iron Cat beat Slane on a scoreline of 2-11 to 5 points. Uh, Dunsany defeated Kilbride 1-12 to 9 points. That's Group A completed. And then Group B, we have Beliver 2-4, St. Ultons 1-7, that's a draw match. Boards Mill 2-10, Clonard 5 points, that concludes Group B. Then in Group C, uh, St. Bridget's 1-10, St. Mary's Denor 7 points, so a win for the Bridget's. Then there was a game not played, uh, it was meant to be this morning, Dum Connor free Courtown. From, I believe, inside source have said Courtown didn't want to play the game, afraid of their shade, to be honest, but I think that's not the official word, it's just what I heard on the street. And then in Group D, Karen Ross 1-10, Minolte 6 points. So that concludes all the games bar that one I mentioned. Yeah, um, David Risman, if you want to let us know why that game did not go ahead in the Torchon Cup. Yeah, so the official line, and not just the word on the street from Mr. <laughs> Flynn. Um, it wasn't me that said it. Yeah, <laughs> from our secretary was, today's game against Trumcondra is off pitch unplayable, and uh, our manager, Anthony Monaghan, followed up with a picture off the pitch in Trumcondra, and it was in, indeed unplayable. So um, so does that, will, that, will that game go ahead at some stage? It's then, hard to or? know, because the game is meaningless after St. Bridget's beating St. Mary's yesterday. So regardless of what happens in that last game, nothing can change the outcome of the group. So... You know, look, it remains look, to be seen if the game is going to go ahead or not. Yeah, yeah, it probably doesn't need to go ahead now because of the, the way the table is. It was probably, you know, a clever little thing that backfired. They were probably hoping that the result would go their way today and then they'd know, the uh, Corton would know what they'd have to win by. Then well, the, the, well we couldn't <laughs> because, as you know, lads, with walkovers and groups, score difference goes out the window anyway. So, ah, yeah, true. Um, but, yeah, had, had the game been a draw yesterday between St. Bridget's and St. Mary's, today's game would have been very relevant and definitely will be played. But at this stage, I don't know to tell you the truth. Will it be played? Yeah, probably no need to. But that leaves the Torchon Cup looking like this. The semi-finals will see winner of A against B and winner against of C against D. That St. Vincent's will play with Liver in one semi-final and St. Bridget's will take on Karen Ross in the other semi-finals. So um, those games will be played next weekend. Watch out on our social media and we will have... The fixtures um, when they are released by the CCCCCCCC tomorrow night. Back to Kieran Flynn now I, I, for the Cornabonia. Oh, sorry, David Westman. Just a word, lads, because I was at one of the games, so it's probably important to give it a little bit of a mention. It was Absolutely. Friday night uh, between Karen Ross and Minolte, and it's where it was a championship quarterfinal or semi final. The crowd that descended on Karen Ross, it was unbelievable. And um, They don't really like football up there, do they? They're <laughs> they in Paris, they no, but it was it was a savage crowd and uh, it was against Minolte, was it? It was, yeah. And there's a little bit of history there now from the so the, yes the, from the from the transfer yeah, window. So this has a direct um, look at it's a derby game. There'd be a big crowd anyway, but there was an extra bigger crowd there <laughs> for the reason being that the Brogans, who have recently transferred from Karen Ross to Minolte, made their debut last Friday night against Ooh. our former club. Charles Brogan started at full forward and uh, interestingly enough he there was there was no handshake with Mossy Plunk at the full back. I was kind of like, you know, zoning in on this and just seeing was there very little in the way of eye contact and that between the lads. But uh, Charles played at full forward and uh, his brother Liam came on towards the latter end of the second half. Um, other brother Michael was an unused sub and John, I don't know, even know was he tugged out, but he didn't play either. So uh, Karen Ross were quite comfortable in the end. They were missing Paddy McDermott, who's with the 20s, obviously, but they had far too much. Frank O'Reilly was brilliant on the night. Um, uh, some serious scoring. And uh, 
you know, there was there was a lot of passion on, on Thunder on the line, even two experienced campaigners, Tony Carney over Minolte and Benny Reddy over uh, Karen Ross. And to be honest with you, Karen Ross, from even from the huddle before the game, they let this roar out of them. They wanted it more on the night. You could tell from minute one, they were the team that probably had the little bit of a bit between their teeth after the, the lads moving on and everything like that. They felt they had a point to prove. And they did, they did prove it. It's early in the year, but you can't beat Derby games that, for that. That'll be a massive staple of the Benny Reddy teams. Like we've seen it with Gail Colum Kill. Yeah. That like he's always been a great motivator in all the teams from underage up to senior. Yeah. So definitely that's one thing Karen Ross won't lack this year is enthusiasm. And and like we were the far side of the field and you know you could hear him as clear as day. He actually reminded me of Davy Cahill, because Davy's very like that, very vocal and that. They sounded the exact same, but it was good to see two old school managers kind of going up against each other and uh, in in a derby like that. But thoroughly enjoyable. I have to say Karen Ross's um, new clubhouse looks absolutely fantastic as well. They've done a brilliant job on it. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a great night for Karen Ross. Great to um, showcase it. Yeah, yeah. it was, a, and it was the opening yeah. of, of the um, of the new um, clubhouse. And I saw the pictures and whatever on Twitter. It looks absolutely mm. fabulous. Smash it. Um, really, really good job. And they got the win to go with it. Seven point victory over Minaldi, their neighbours, and obviously with the whole transfer and the whole the transfers and the whole lot, yeah. it, it made for a great night. There was the opening of the pitch that would have brought, or, or the opening of the clubhouse, and that would have brought a crowd as well. But as you said, the the transfer of the Brogans um, also would have uh, whetted the appetite of the yeah. of the of the GA fraternity up around North Mead. Yeah. Um, I was trying to put it in a nicer way, yeah, but yeah. added fuel to the fire. But uh, yeah, Karen Ross coming away with that victory, as we said, and uh, it was winner takes all in that game as well. And uh, Karen Ross taking their position in the semi final against St Bridges. We're going to move on now to the Cornabonia, and uh, Mr Kieran Flynn is going to fill us in on that as well. Yeah, so we're in the Intermediate Cup here, the Cornabonia. Myla won one, Castletown 12 points. Uh, Bechtel Dundry, there's no score in, so I'm just trying to uh, ascertain. I don't think the game was played, uh, so I just want to see, did, was there a walkover given either side? Castletown and Myla? No, uh, Bechtel Dundry. Yeah, it was called off due to the weather. Yeah, right? I thought yeah. that just the way the system input it's in is a 0-0 draw, so yeah. thankfully the game wasn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> I had a feeling that was the case. Then St. Patrick's Mead Hill, Mead Hill uh, gave a walk over and that they conceded. Uh, Sidden defeated Clemenum on a score of 4-9 to 1-7. In Group C, St. Michael's defeated Trim 1-8 to 1-4. Also in Group C, Dumbarra 1-10, Rakeni 2-4. And then game in Group D, Blackhall Gales defeated Oldcastle 1-9 to 10 points. And there was one game in Group B, Walterstown in their black strip defeated Clonagale 2-11 to 2-5. Yeah, and just on that other game that you were saying, the Bechtel Dundery game, it didn't go ahead because of the weather or whatever. It won't make a difference to the table now as well, similar to the uh, Courtown game. Bechtel are in second place on three points, but Castleton with their victory, um, topped the table with six points, three from three for Castleton. And that means that the semi finals of the Cornabonia look like this Castleton will take on Sidden. That's a nice one there, a local derby. That's going to be uh, blood and thunder in that one. Um, that could be similar to Karen Ross and Mylalty. There's no there transfers, though. There, there's no transfers, but there could be a huge crowd at that oh, yeah. one, um, depending on where it's going to be played. Is it home? Is there home uh, um, pitch for the Fresh Cup uh, semi finals? I doubt it. 
That's a good question. See, the, the CCC didn't send regulations out, so we're only we're waiting to see fixtures. They didn't explain the what's happened. So yeah, I I, I presume they'll be neutral, like the the Fresh mm. Cup, uh, yeah, the and, and the Tolchin and the Cornabonia. Yeah. They they were all used to be um uh, neutral venues um when it was straight knockout. So I presume once it gets to the knockout stage, it will be, it'll be um, a nice gate for someone. <laughs> it'll be a nice gate for someone. That's yeah. right, Castleton and Sidon next oh, weekend. Yeah, Corton under the lights Friday night. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bring yeah. it down. Corton, they're happy with that one. Um, and then in the other semi final, it's going to be St Michael's of Carlinstown taking on either Blackhall Gales or Waterstown. B versus D in the preliminary uh, semi final, which is Blackhall Gales and Waterstown. So the winner of that game will take on St Michael's. We're going to move on now to the Fesh Cup. And uh, Davy, just on those games, mm. uh, uh, the Town Sidon one, St Michael's, Blackhall Gales or Waterstown, what way do you see them going? So Michaels and Waterstown is a great game. I think two clubs who are doing extremely well started the year. Uh, so Michaels got the better trim, a depleted tri- trim side on Friday night. But in the same vein, I, I actually got the chance to see them in round two and I was very impressed with the lads they have back and the lads they might get back before that. So that'll be a really close game. I think Brian O'Connell coming back from injury too is a big plus for Waterstown when he does come back. The other game, as you said, local derby, you know, you can't really look too much into form and everything it's just about what happens on the day Davy Cahill's gone in there with Sidon great start he'll be delighted you know they're getting a couple of wins last year they had a, a, a horrendous year between league and championship league in division one knocked the stuffing out of them so that by championship they were really kind of on that losing keel they just struggled to you know stem the tide but the winning breeds confidence and I think this game they'll really relish Castletown are just carrying on you know, league champions last year, um, defeated by the champions Nobber in extra time by a point, I think, in the semi-final of the Intermediate Championship last year. So they're just carrying on the way they do. That'll be a great game. Well worth it. Two good games, competitive, I wouldn't like to call them. But but just before we go on to the Fesh Cup, um, I just wanted to ask you then about the Taljan Cup, obviously with Cortown being involved and whatever. And like, is it a bit of a surprise to you that St Bridget's top draw group and go through to the semi-final against Carter Ross? Um, I, I suppose it is like we had the ch- we had a great chance to beat them and they managed to nick a draw with the last kick of the game against us in the in round one, which probably came back to haunt us. And then where did St Bridges were they playing junior championship last year? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were okay. in our group in the junior last year. Um, and then you know they got the walkover against Rumcondra in round two, and the St Mary's game was an interesting one because the rumor coming out of Denor during the week was that St Mary's wouldn't actually field mm-hmm. because I think they had an awful lot of lads working for the elections. A lot of young players and you can imagine they're probably doing the polling and everything like that. So they did manage to field, but they were probably extremely depleted. Um, Bridget's won by four or five points in the end. So, you know, it's difficult because only the winner of the group goes through. Yeah. So if you get your two wins and your draw, whatever else, you're, you're fairly set, to be honest with you. And it was a decent group to come out of. It'll be a very tough semi-final coming up against Karen Ross, who are absolutely flying. And they might have Paddy McDermott back for that as well. So... That'll be interesting. They'll, they'll relish it though. It's a bonus game. They won't be expected to do much and it's another game before league obviously starts. That's the, the other thing. With the other semi-final, that's a quality contest. Yeah, St. Vincent's and Beliver. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, Beliver were, you know, just about got away with it with their skin and their teeth against the Ultons because that was a straight shootout as well but Beliver had the insurance um, blanket of getting through with a draw whereas at Ultons bet them Ultons would have went through to the finals or to the semi-final rather. Uh, Vincent's after beating Dunsany the first day I think we're always going to be in pole position to go through you know they got the better at Kilbride and, and Slane you know was comfortable in the end as well so that semi-final is particularly mouthwatering the other game you'd have to go with Karen Ross I think against St Bridget's but you never know 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, lovely in-depth analysis of the Tolchin Cup and Cornerbone there. We're going to move on to the Fesh Cup and the results from the weekend with Mr. Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I was just thinking when, when Davey mentioned the elections in Poland, I was thinking of a different kind of Poland that goes around the county with certain lads that we see every week, but that's different reminiscence. But the Fesh Cup, we're into Group A. Uh, Nobber 3-7 to Dunshocklands 1-9. Uh, Gail Cullen killed nine points, Nafina seven. Then in Group B, Navanomatnis one eight, Screen one seven. St Peter's and Boyne winning out on a big score in two thirteen to Curahaz one four. St Colin kills one ten, we're told ten. Then in Group C, Manalvi two six, Central Sound one eight. Into Group D, the Wolf Tones had a victory over Simon Sound on a scoreline of three eight to ten points. And then finishing up. A draw match, Dunham Ashburn 1-10, Summerhill 2-7, 13 points apiece. Excellent. And uh, that leaves the semi-finals looking like this. It's going to be Gilcom and Killikells taking on Navin O'Matneys. They are well used to each other at this stage, so they are. Um, you, <laughs> you know, they, they could nearly be known as an amalgamation. They play each other that often now. They just don't think they like us But they know each other that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rathote will take on Wolf Tones in the other semi-final. Just a couple of uh, results of note from that. Looking at Group A, Nobber finished with three points. Dunshockland on zero points. They finished on uh, level pegging with uh, Nafina, just below Nafina on, on score difference, David Risman. You know, you would have thought that Nobber were going to be the whipping boys of uh, uh, when you... Of, of, of senior competitions of, uh, we'll say, the, the Championship and of the Fesh Cup. But, uh, you know, and, and especially with Brian Farrell, you know... Jordy Morris. Yeah. Jordy Morris not available. Um, but Brian Farrell is retired. Um, you know, they're... they're, they're what's the word? They're, they're, they're defying all expectations here, so they are at the minute. Uh, that's brilliant. Like, it's a brilliant um, way for them to start off the year as a senior football championship team. Absolutely. It's brilliant to see them kicking on because, you know, starters mean to go on and for them to be getting positive results against these sites... Ultimately, they're going to be playing these. They might be playing them two sides you're after mentioning, Mick, and they're going to play teams like them, you know, throughout the course of the year. And for them to be putting in positive results or positive performances and getting good results at this stage of the year is only going to bode well for them. I was I was chatting to the Kells lads, um, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, when they played them round one, and they were very impressed with them. And but for a couple of goals that night, I think they were every bit as good as Kells on on that given night. Um, the Nafina game was a draw, it was 10 points apiece, and then beating Dunchocklin. We all know Dunchocklin are struggling, they're missing a lot of lads. But at the end of the day, you've said it, they're a seasoned, you know, senior outfit. And mm. to go up there and get a result like that is, you know, only going to be uh, good news for them. And uh, Sean Carlin will be delighted with the start they've made going into the league. They'll want to take that form in and kick on and try and do well in Division 2. And then looking at Group B, Navin O'Matney's top that one. That wasn't an easy group. You had Screen and Dunboyne and Coraha in that group. Um, Coraha. Anguishing at the bottom with no points, screen in second place. That's that's a good result for Navin O'Matney's. When we move on then to Group C, with Hope, the current senior championship uh, holders, um, they topped the group. But funnily enough, three teams ended up on four points and they went through in score difference. With Hope's and Colin Kills and Winalvi all ended up on four points, Centristown on zero. Uh, Kieran Flynn, you have a little bit of information on the Winalvi and Centristown game. Yeah, it's just something to note, especially when we have a few podcast subscribers involved in the match. Uh, Manalvi won out by a point. Uh, David McLaughlin, who's been a, a young and up-and-coming player, a lot of people talk about him maybe getting a chance with the county now, especially for his free-taking ability. But it's more just at the other end, in Centrestown, the goalie, David Gordon, was in the goals. and I think the game finished with Stephen Dunne, who rifling the net into the roof of David Gordon's net. 
Yeah, yeah. rifle in an inside. I thought the rifle <laughs> flash into <laughs> no, the No, so that's just a flash conceded a goal in the well, last minute, like, I think. Like, it's, 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 that's a bit unusual because we've seen the cat-like um, uh, reflexes, reflexes <laughs> of Flash Gordon pulling balls out of the top corner. This must have been an unbelievably well... well acute, acute angle was, was the words that I was told, acute angle. So I don't know if it was him, it was a cute goalkeeper they're on about, but it definitely not. I think it was the well, acute angle. All I'd say is it must have been a hell of a shot to get past Flash. Yeah, because normally his reflexes him around the bar, maybe in the palace, he's very, very dexterous, so he's very dexterous. Yeah, he's very good with them mangoes and oranges. He's <laughs> lethal, actually. <laughs> uh, it was a one-point win from an Alvi in the end. Yeah, one point, and it said it, there was two goals. Uh, Stephen Donoghue won the great uh, Manalby players. Kieran Harning got goals. James Wendling got a point, and Dave McLaughlin got five, three from free. So it's interesting just to see Manalby probably struggled a lot last year. We'll be looking to push on because they seem to be having a very depleted panel. Done or essentially will be very uh, disappointed to finish bottom of the group. But they're a season enough out for two. They'll they'll want they'll come stronger. I think in the championship. So Brian Kelly's not here to defend them. So I better put that in as well, just to be sure. Yeah, well they are your other clubs, so you better defend them. Yeah. Um, we'll just have a look at Group D then. Wolf Tones uh, top in that group with six points, beating Simonson on the weekend on Friday night uh, under the lights in Simonstown. Big victory for for Wolf Tones going to Simonstown and 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 getting the win there, Davy. Um, Summerhill and Dunmore Ashburn they were both at the bottom of the table with zero points and they showed up for a draw mm. against each other to get both of them a point on uh, on the table but uh, all too little too late but uh, Wolf Tones just you know um, showing intent early on, on this year Simonstown looked to be moving really really well um, uh, you know put brushing Dunmore Ashburn aside and actually, Brooklyn, Summerhill aside in the last 10, 15 minutes, they just yeah. stretched their lead away from them and whatever. And Simonson looked good. But Wolf Tones, you know, they put them to the sword the other night. I think it's goals. A yeah, goals. Goals, obviously, this time of year are very important in that. But I think it's a trend across the board in junior, intermediate, and senior that we're seeing uh, clubs with new managers have all started really brightly. Like we talked about Karen Ross and Minotti. We talked about Sidden with Davy Cahill at the helm there. Drum Condrat. Or not Drum Condra, uh, Drum Barra. Drum Barra, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, picking up results at this time of year with new managers in, it just means you're hitting the ground running. Everyone's buzzing. Everyone's, you know, getting that winning feeling and confidence is up at the start of the year. And it's it's important, no doubt. But, you know, that's a bit of a statement from Wolf Tones to go to Simonstown, get the win against, as you said, the team seven who, points. who have had the the better of them, let's be honest, over the last number of years, really. So, yeah. um, you know, all due credit to them. They'll go into the semi-final hoping that they can actually kick on and get to a final. Um, just going back to the, the other group with Navin O'Mahony's, it, there were six points down. Now, look, we'll factor in the wind in a lot of games this weekend, which we'll come to later on as mm-hmm. well. But, you know, six points to nil down, to come back and win at 1-7 to... 1-6 I think it was in the end or 1-8 to 1-7 or something like that it was very low scoring there was only a point in it they'll be delighted Davy Nelson's another new manager new-ish manager that's come back for a second coming and he'll be he'll be pleased with the lads he's missing more than anything else and they're still managed to get into the last four yeah six points down and came back and won at 1-8 to 1-7 one that's, one that's, 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 yeah. that's, that's so that's they only could see another 1-1 to, yeah, you know what and, 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 and I suppose we'll go back to the corner bone just because uh, I mentioned them a word for Drumbarra you know getting wins over Trim and Kenny. Uh mm-hmm. St Michael's were the ones who beat them in, in, in the local derby in that uh, in, in that group but that's no mean feat either you know um, to get wins over Trim and, and, and Kenny, who've just mm-hmm. come down from senior okay so they're probably missing a couple of players at the moment but 
that's really good for um, uh, for Drumara and their new manager. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was at the second round game against Michaels and I was a little bit disappointed with them that night, but clearly, you know, it hasn't halted their progress at all. Rakenny are probably just struggling to maybe get their best hand out on the field or whatever it is. They're missing lads and it's it's going to be tough for them unless they can get everyone back because unlike some other senior clubs coming down, they're not, they don't have the luxury of calling on a big pool of players. They have what they have. Even in senior for years, that was the case. So, um, you know, Drumbara getting two wins out of three, they'll be pleased. You know, Trim, as we mentioned, are depleted in that as well. And Rakenny are missing. Um, James O'Hare and um, Curtis, I can't think, Key Curtis, Key who Curtis. are part of the under-20 team. So Rakenny won't be pushing any panic buttons yet, but good start for Drumbara. Yeah, absolutely. And Kieran O'Malley, uh, originally a Rathout man, I believe, um, if I'm right, um, uh, has been down in Cavan for quite a number of years and has had great success down there. He's uh, got off to a great start with Drumbara. As we said, the Fesh Cup semi-finals will see Gail Colin kill against Navin O'Matneys and Rathout taking on Wolf Tones, uh, all to be played next week. And we're going to move on now, and we are going to the Mead Ladies. And the Mead Ladies were out on Sunday morning, um, that's today, uh, at 12 o'clock. The game was originally supposed to be in Park Tolchin, but it was moved to Dungani because of the inclement weather, and uh, the pitch inspection showed that the pitch probably wouldn't hold two games. So they were moved to Dungani against Monaghan and Mead came away with a massive victory here. One thirteen to Monaghan's nine points, a seven-point victory. That's that's absolutely brilliant. You know, you look at Monaghan, they've been season campaigners, Division 1, senior championship for a long time. Mead up from Division 3, playing in Division 2. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I really think that the, this Mead team are well capable of uh, competing at the top end of Division uh, 2 and... There's no reason why they can't get into Division 1. Um, they have to win that intermediate. They have to get themselves into a semi-final spot. And they did themselves a great favour by beating Monaghan and Davey Risman. Yeah, that's two wins from three against Ulster yeah. opponents, you know. And uh, bounce-back ability is a word that's kind of bantered around in sport a lot. And, you know, they showed that in abundance, you know, today from, you know, last week's probably disappointing defeat. Maybe the nature of it just not performing to the standard that they know they're well capable of, of doing, you know. And... Um, Obviously, the game was taken out of Park Talton at late notice due to kind of the weather and everything else. And that was probably a disappointment in itself for the girls. You know, they would have looked forward to playing in front of a big crowd and a big double header in Navin. But going to Dungani, it's hardly the most glamorous of surroundings and everything. But they went and they, you know, they had the job to do and they did it really well, as you said. I think putting up four points against the wind in the first half, we've seen a trend across the weekend you know, the dubs are probably the most notable. I think they only had two points at half time against Monaghan. Yeah. For me to get four points against the Breeze, and I think they led out by four points to three at one stage and went in six four down. That's really good going, you know, and that's a good um platform to build upon when you have to win in the second half. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh did did you manage I know that we we, we were hoping that Tom O'Connor may have some information on the game. And I know that Fergal Herney has been on to us as well. They want to get more exposure for the ladies' football and uh, anything we can do, we will do. So I believe you have something from Tom O'Connor. Yeah, some in-depth um, knowledge from Tom O'Connor. And in fairness, you mentioned it there, Mick, you know, about you know getting more exposure. And, and this guy, you know, he's a, he's a regular cont- contributor. to. Does the he podcast. want a bit more exposure? <laughs> well, Tom he's, he's going about it the right brilliant. way. I think the judge told him that he had to stop exposing himself. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, so Tom, Tom's kind of giving me a, like a 
you know, short, snappy messages about the game. So he, st- he said, uh, started as per programme, as listed to 1-15, to and played against the wind, as we've talked about in the first half, and played extremely well. Limited Monaghan to poor shot selection, which which they benefited from. Um, he says, in the first half, Emma Troy, Sarah Wall, Megan Tyne, who played Camogie yesterday, incidentally, they had a great win. It's probably worth mentioning that. Uh, yeah, so Kieran's going to talk about that in a few minutes. And uh, Moira O'Shaughnessy played really well, breaking down a lot of attacks, you know, a, probably under big pressure, you know, with that win in that first half. Um, went in 6-4 down at halftime, which was a good result. In the second half, started off really, really well, with one tree coming with the fir- in the first 15 minutes with Brigetta Lynch, sorry, with the goal. Um, Emma Duggan, who's scoring chief normally, yeah. and Stacey Grimes played very well in the second half, and they used the ball very cleverly. Um, also so good to have on the team, to have two free takers, both of their calibre, I suppose, either side, left and right foot. Any chance they could lend one of them free takers to the senior team? I was just thinking that as I was reading it. But, uh, yeah, he said Stacey took over the freeze, which was interesting because I don't think she started last week. So, you know, it's it's really good to have them options and flexibility within the team. Um, Avian Cleary and Emma Duggan uh, kicked good scores. Uh, and Emma White as well. Sorry, he's added, there's two Emmas. The subs all came on and played their part. He says, clear away in two weeks' time, which is a very winnable game, once they can perform like they did today in, in the Toronto game. Obviously, we've mentioned the Calvin game, but that was just a little blip, clearly, from today's performance. He says, all the girls in the first round of the league with club next weekend, so they'll be allowed to play. Dubain and Simonson doubling up with their league game, which is probably a good idea where you know they're allowed to play the two games for the yep. one. Um, with last year's final, um, which was never played. So no that's worries. so it's a, it's the first round of the league last year, and it's also a league final from the year before or from last year. So it's interesting. It is indeed, and uh, and fair play to them. And uh, thanks a million to Tom O'Connor. Um, and uh, we will be in contact with Fergal Harney, or if he can get in contact with us again, that would be brilliant because we do want to give as much exposure to these ladies as possible. Um, and they've really kicked off the year really well. Just looking at the little National Football League Division 2 table, Kerry are on top with three wins from three. It's three points for a win, so they have nine points. Monaghan are in second with Mead and Tyrone also joined in second um, with three points, or sorry, six points from three games, two wins from two. Uh, The only game that didn't go ahead this weekend was Cavan and uh, Wexford. Um, So that game... Uh, um, still yet to be played and if Cavan get a win they will join um, Mead, Monaghan and Tyrone in second place and it will leave that table very very tight at the top but well done to the Mead girls for getting that victory over Monaghan we're going to go now uh, to the Mead Camogues they were taking on Cork this weekend I think it was a home match for Mead but they won so it was away it was, it was it was in Cork actually but Mead came away with a massive victory well not a massive but a huge victory over uh, uh, well um a well-established Cork team, six points to three, and I think the Kieran Flynn has a little bit of info on it. Yes, it was actually played on Saturday, and it survived a lot of the, the issues the weather brought today, Sunday. Uh, all Camogie games in the country were called off today, actually, on Sunday, so thankfully our media game was played yesterday, Saturday. It was played in the Cork Camogie grounds, actually have their own uh, ground for their association down there, but if I'm talking to different people who were at the game yesterday and said the weather was atrocious, Really rough conditions. Pitch wasn't terrible, but it was just the wind and the rain. But uh, it was a low-score match. It was 6-3 to Mead. Jane Dolan from Blackhawk Girls got a great free-taker, scored five of those scores. Uh, she's always a star. That was a repeat of the 2017 Intermediate Final, which the girls won before. So it's great for Mead Camogers to get back, winning again. That's two wins from two now on the road for the Mead Seniors. So they actually play Kildare 
next on the 23rd of March in a mead venue. Uh, and that's obviously a home game. So they want to keep winning their top of Division 2 in Ireland. They didn't have a great experience last year in Division 1. It was tough going playing at the elite level. But yeah, they were the only team at the time in the top tier in yeah. any code by the handballers and maybe the score quiz team are decent enough too we've told so yeah well look um, yeah. you know when you look back at last year's results for the for the Mead Camogues they, they ran a good few of the top teams in the country very very close um, so they were very unlucky to get relegated but they are as you said playing their trade in Division 2 they're doing what they need to do they're getting the wins on the board they've got two wins from two and long may continue and get themselves back up to Division 1 we're going to move on now from the ladies of football and camogie and we're going to go to the men's football and uh, it was me taking on Mayo it was in Park Talchin today on Sunday and um, it's <sighs> Mead came away one point uh, loss against Mayo two goals and five to one goals and one goal and nine and um, I suppose this, the story of the game is is again just the the the, the accuracy of the meat team in front of goal Stevie Rispin and it's something that's kind of coming back to haunt us. There's absolutely no questioning um their defensive uh, uh play. There's no question their midfield. There's no question they're get getting on the ball in the forward line. Mead are so competitive uh, with every team that they've come up against so far this year, just lacking scores and you know. We're, we're we're lacking accuracy. We're getting shots off. You know, I looked at the the the, the Dublin game uh, and Dublin Monaghan game last night, and that was played in worse conditions than the Mead game was played in today. And the shooting accuracy was so high. You know, I think Monaghan had two wides in the second half. Um, you know, you lo- I looked at Tyrone and and uh, uh, Kerry as well today, and uh, you know, again, the accuracy. There's just something amiss that we're getting, we're, we're creating all these chances, but we're not converting them. Mm. A few weeks ago, like we, we talked about the forwards we have and the traits they possess, and some of them have you know superb pace, and others are trickery, and others work extremely hard and carry the ball from deep and everything like that. But Baron, probably Shane Walsh, who returned today, um, none of them are probably their best trait would be composure in front of goal and yeah. it would be clocking up four or five points a game. We, Thomas O'Reilly has been that man sorry, for, the Thomas last, O'Reilly for, has for the opening two games with three points from playing both of them games. Yeah, and he, and he, he probably was a marked man today. He was, yeah, and he carried the can, you know, for the last couple of weeks and that and, you know, full credit to him for doing that. He stepped up to the plate but when you're missing, you know, when you're missing the likes of Lenehan and, and Mickey Newman in particular, not just from play, obviously, because he's brilliant, but, you know, from freeze. And, and that's really where we miss him. Ben Brennan in his pomp, you know, with the freeze from his side was great. That's another problem that kind of opens up as a result of the, the, the wides and the lack of composure is probably free-taking, yeah. you know, because it's such an important commodity of the game. And we are really missing that at crucial crunch times in the games. And, you know, we've seen it today. It, they show up worse when you come out the, the wrong end of such a close game. When you're beaten comprehensively, you can kind of point in that and say that's a possible reason why we lost by so much and it wasn't closer. Whereas today's game, when you lose by a point, you know, after conceding a goal so late in the game, you will always point back to these, you know, missed opportunities and 14 wides kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, and and and, 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 and I'm in no way down on this meet team mm. because I think uh, they're so good, they're so competitive. And... Th- even the forwards that are on the pitch, like I think they're 
they're good enough to kick the ball over the bar. There's something that that, that seems to be a, a little bit of lack is that, you know, we're taking a lot of shots from distance. We're not being patient enough sometimes in the forward line. Like one of the Mayo scores today, they must have had the ball for maybe two, two and a half yeah, minutes. Yeah. And nobody was taking the shot from distance. They were waiting until they opened up that defence and got the score. And, you know, th that's how they played it. Whereas Mead, a lot of the time, it seems that someone is like going, we need to shoot. Someone needs to shoot. We can't just keep the ball. Like, we can't keep the ball going over and back. We need to shoot. But that's the difference in Division 1. Th th that is the real difference in Division 1, that the, the teams do not kick as many wides and we're we just need to get that it's, I think it's easily fixed I think that we're not far away from being a really really good team it's it's all learning you know it's it, it's a big learning curve for these lads you know as much as anything and we can point and, and say this and that but at the end of the day you're right in what you say because the three games you look back on them as a whole we were picked apart by Donegal doing the exact same thing as what Mayo did today for that score. Yeah. You know, Donegal did it twice in the first half and, and it led to goals, really. Pinpoint passes after prolonged periods of play of just keeping the possession and tipping and tapping over and back. Whereas, you know, today with that score in particular, I think Kevin McLaughlin finished it off, but it was a genuine goal chance only for Conor McGill to get himself back and shield, you know, preventing the goal. But you're 100% right because... It, it's nearly as if something clicks with the lads after a minute or two of holding possession. You feel like you're not getting anyone. But what you're doing is you're pulling the defence left and right and pulling them out of position until you actually have the opportunity to pass it in and, and work an opening. And to be honest with you, I suppose on the flip side of that, what we tend to do is we try and implement a running game and get boys off the shoulder. And that works at times today too. But it's when there's mass amount of bodies and you yeah. don't have that breaking opportunity. You just have to be patient and try and break them down that way. That's it. You know, like And you mentioned it. The amount of times that we broke down that Mayo defence today by running at them. But it was after a period of patience as well. And then yeah. all of a sudden, a couple of lads making these dummy runs and then fellas coming through the middle and Mayo don't know who to mark and whatever. And especially the the, the first goal, like um, from the kick out from the Mayo goalkeeper, Menton goes up, rises up above, catches it. Drives forward, breaks through two tackles as he wins the ball. So that meant that Mayo were on the back foot. He yeah. plays a, a, a pinpoint accuracy um, uh, kick pass in front of, I think it was Tomas O'Reilly. Um, he wins it, lays it off. Now Mayo are down a man, basically. Yeah. So they're, 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 there's a three-on-two situation driving at the goals. And the the player leaves um, Kogan. Uh, Kogan, leaves McEntee. Uh, and uh, goes to Kogan Kogan gives it to McAdee McAdee gives it back to Kogan because the player has to go to him again and we had them they, they didn't know where to go and then uh, obviously the ball is played in for McAdee to flick it into the net that's our that's our half back line and mm. they they are fantastic at that so maybe we need to use that a little bit more and well I suppose we, we use it a lot Breen Conlon broke through on goal as well mm. a good few times as well today um, and set up uh, one of the goals for um, for who got the second goal was it Ronan Jones Ronan Jones yeah. brilliant goal again a brilliant work goal fast hands it's just you know we're going to go to and get some stats off of Kieran Flynn because you know it's not that we're not getting enough shots we're not getting enough frees it's just our accuracy I suppose yeah, so good few stats from the games. Uh, we'll go into full detail in our Patreon when you subscribe to that later in the week. Uh, firstly, shots-wise, uh, kind of a, a disappointing day for both teams. Mead had 24 shots, uh, scored very few of them. 
Mayo had 20 shots, scored just around kind of the middle of that. Uh, from playing freeze then, just disappointing, lacklustre from both teams really. The weather conditions did play a lot into it, but when the teams, like we talk about percentages before and we, we go through them in detail in the Patreon, the, the reality is they're not good enough to beat the top teams and even Mayo themselves will be disappointed with their return because when you see other games in Division 1, we're not really striking the lights out and that really is our Achilles heel at the moment. So only the likes of 24 shots scoring seven is not good enough for the mid team, really. And they know that themselves. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's not that they're trying to kick them wide or anything like that. And it is a learning curve. And I suppose the the fact that they've been away from the top division for so long, the experience, there's a lot of pressure on them as well. And that was a hugely pressurised game today because the winner was uh, going to find themselves uh, you know, b- putting a gap between themselves and the bottom table or bottom team, and looking at it now, the table looks like this. You know, it's it's not mathematically impossible for me to stay in Division One, but it's looking highly, highly unlikely now at this stage because they do have to play some of the top teams uh, left in the division. Well, every team is above them at this stage. Uh, so that win for Mayo sees them go to three points, and they're level with Kerry. Monaghan and Donegal all on three points. Neither on zero points at the bottom of the table. And then Dublin, Tyrone and Galway have two wins, uh, or will have four points from their opening uh, 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 three games. Dublin with one win and two draws. Uh, Tyrone with two wins and a loss and Galway the same. A huge win for Galway over Donegal today. We probably needed Donegal to get a win over Galway. We probably needed Dublin to get a win over Monaghan. Um, and we probably uh, needed Kerry to get a win over Tyrone. Um, but it has left it that it, it, it is quite a difficult, difficult task now for the Mead team to stay in that division. Look, we live in hope. Um, the, the, the performances have been there, but despite what you see on, on social media, it's just as in the, the intensity, the level that Mead need to be at from number one to number nine, it's there. The forwards are getting on ball. We're creating a lot of chances. It's our conversion rate. And that is the disappointing thing. Next up for Mead is going to be Kerry in two weeks' time. I think we've got a break next week. Um, and it's going to be two weeks' time. It is on the... Let me go to Kieran Flynn because he just seems to be making too many hand signals at me. No, no, I was just uh, going to tell about the next Kerry game, which was the hurling game. But the football is the following week, two weeks' time. It's Sunday, 1 p.m., so it was just that was with my next queue up. I was getting Mickey. I was waving him down like an air traffic controller. Yeah, well, we were just going to finish. Thank God, you're on an air traffic controller. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the crashes. Absolutely. The mid the mid uh, men's football team will be out two weeks time on the Sunday in Killarney, as we said, and uh, we wish them the very best of luck. It'd be great if they could get a win down there and uh, uh, get some sort of result um, against the kingdom and come back up the road um, with something to for the Mead supporters to shout about. Look, we got to get behind this team. As And you'll hear from uh, Andy McEntee's interview on our Patreon service on the Loyal Royals podcast. You know, he speaks about um, a lot of the things that happened in the game, the chances, the wides that we had. Robin Clark getting isolated for the... Um, for the for the, for the Mayo goal, you know, Robin did well to win the ball, but then found himself completely isolated with nobody to play the to play the ball out. He's asked about the free taking situation again. Mead missing freeze today that would have won the game. Um, you know, he's asked about the rules and the consistency. Even James Horn wasn't happy with that. He's t- he speaks about the injured player, the injured list that Mead have at the moment, and he also speaks about how 
they're going to lift the players or if the players need lifting as they get ready to go on and play against Kerry. But we do wish them the best of luck. Uh, just going back to Kieran Flynn, the Mead Hurlers are out next weekend. They're also taking on Kerry and that's a huge one um, in their fight for promotion from Division 2A. Absolutely. And uh, the Glenvay sponsored Mead Senior Hurling team, as we know, uh, Saturday in Trim. So they're playing their... I think it's the only game they're going to be playing in St. Lomans Park in Trim because they're going to be back playing uh, the day, I think, of the Galway match. They're playing Mayo in the hurling, so it's the only standalone fixture that the ladies are going to have. But it's interesting, and the Kerry had a, a bet Offaly the last day, so we got a trim, and obviously the UK Cup by Offaly, but then obviously ran them so close in the league. Nearly got bet by Wicklow, but really and truly we, we had a great last 15 minutes which got us over the line, defeating Wicklow. Now it's round three. This will be a big marker because the Joe McDonough Cup is coming later in the summer. It'll be interesting. Kerry travel up to Mead for this game. Mead will want to win. We have the utensils. The players are playing challenge matches this weekend. They're mad to go. The hurling leagues for the clubs are on next weekend as well. So the hurling is back in Mead for all the club players. So there'll be a lot of lads out supporting the county team. And then they'll be, they'll be getting their sticks out to play a bit of hurling themselves. So the hurling is starting back very early next week. First time ever the, the hurling leagues have been this early, but that's the way we have to do things nowadays. Yeah, it is indeed, and it's just to try and uh, make the calendar a little bit easier for everybody to manage. Um, we do wish the Mead Hurlers the very best of luck next weekend as they take on Kerry. I know that our new small ball expert, David Rispin, can't wait for that game. Uh, he's just, Look at him, he's excited. He's like a little Come on, child. He's a, do you know He's like a child with a new toy. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the novelty doesn't wear off. <laughs> I hope it doesn't either. But uh, uh, we're going to move on. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep all our Insta- Instagram interaction for the Patreon service um, because the, this podcast is, is, is going on quite a long time. So we're going to keep all the questions from Instagram and all the comments from Instagram for the Loyal Royals uh, podcast uh, that will be out um, Monday or Tuesday this week. Um, so what we're going to finish on this week is the GEA predictions in association with Corta and GFC. And uh, the, do you have the results of the games that were played this weekend, Davey Rispin, or um, whoever the, whoever is topping this week? Have you got their their card to give us their their points total from, from their predictions? He's frantically going through yeah here. just give me a second so I'll run through um, I suppose I'll run through the results first in all the four divisions yeah, yeah. cool yeah um, so obviously as we know Mead 2-5 Mayo 1-8 in Division 1 uh, the second game in Division 1 it was one point win for Galway it was Donegal 2-7 Galway 2-8 the third and final game played in Division 1 was Tyrone 14 points Kerry 13 points and then the game, obviously, last night, which, you know, there was a lot of talk about, was Dublin 115, Monaghan 115. So they're all Division 1. Division 2, we'll start with last night. God, Armagh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Lord. When you read out Division 1 results, I don't think I got one of them right. Yeah. Uh, they're, all, they're all very close, in fairness. There was one point in all the games, except for the drawn game, obviously, last night. Division 2, first game was a little bit more clear-cut. Kildare. Uh, going down to Armagh Come on. of 16 points to 10. <laughs> Come on. And then uh, looking, <laughs> looking at today's results then, Roscommon, um, low scoring but comfortable win in the end. 1-8 to Clare is four points. Big yes. win for Roscommon. They needed that. And Mickey, I so did Mickey I. needed that as well. <laughs> so did I. Second game up was Westmead recording an excellent home win against Fermanagh, 10 points to 8. 
Um, and then the I had that one down as a bloody draw. So I did did you? Ah, yeah. And, um, for Mana, we're losing. I think it was eight points to one at one stage and came back. Anyways, go on. And then the final game was postponed. Um, so between but that was me banker, Cavan and Leash. Yeah, I don't know. Was it the banker? No. It was a banker. You had Leash, did you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that was postponed. So that'll be refixed. But unfortunately, for the purpose of this, this game will be void. Barnett's played between now and Tuesday, which is highly unlikely. But you never know. Um, going on to Division 3, Kerry, or sorry, Kerry, Division 3, imagine, Derry in Division 3, 10 points, uh, Tipperary 5 points, so another high-scoring game there. Loud and Offaly was another uh, victim of the weather. Cork recording um, a big win, 16 points to Downs, 1-8. Come on, Cork! And then the final game of Division 3 was Longford, 2-14, Leitrim, 1-9. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's wrong. It's just wrong. That was supposed to be a draw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there was only um, what was there? There was only eight points in it. Only eight points in it. Yeah. Uh, then on to Division weather. Four, the one that really matters is first one up is Carlo recording or Carlo defeated on the scoring in nine points to Limerick's one seven. So big win for Limerick there. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, Wicklow and Sligo was postponed due to the yeah. weather. Antrim recorded a 14 points to 10 win over London. Get in there! So big away win there for Antrim. <laughs> and last night, Paul Galvin's men uh, recorded... A, a one-point victory. An outstanding victory on a scoreline of 2-3 two, two, three. Three to 8 points. Yeah, I know. Uh, down in Dungarvan. So I don't care, it's a win for me. Come on, Wexford! <laughs> so that that's the results. So what it means for the We Are Mead table on uh, the gapredictions.com. Nicholas Finley, who won the first week's one, Still, in fairness, proven it's not just a fluke. He's still top of the table um, with a score of 97 points after the three rounds. So he had 50 in week one, 20 in week two. So he had a bit of a dip and he's back up with 27 points in round three. So fair place to Nicholas. Fair play. So he's top in the table at the moment. He is. He? Shane McNiff, though, in second. is hot on his heels from Karen Ross. The goalkeeper with Karen Ross. Just a point off in 96. Keith yeah. Fitzsimons a big contributor, obviously, to the podcast too. He is ninety one, so very good from Keith. Yeah, he he he. Um, before the prediction started off, you know, he he made a little jibe at me on, on online. He was like, "I can't wait to get going against Mickey Brennan yeah. and see what he knows." <laughs> he's, um, he's been vindicated. So, he's so been, far, he has been, he's been vindicated. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the two lads making the inroads in this week, Gary Kine and Mark McCoy, recorded the highest scores in uh, round three with thirty one points. That sees Gary going up to fourth with 90 and Mark McCoy a bit of a uh, drop down to 83. Then it's Tom O'Connor, Shane Riley, Mark Bennett, Davy Byrne, Jamie Coslow, Flash Gordon, Kira Murray, Shane Mulvaney, Richie Quigley, Kieran Flynn. Woo! 69 points. What did he, how many did he get this week? He got 23 points this got week. 23 points this week, okay. Uh, Decky Mahan, Aideen Smith, Brian Rispin, David Rispin, Connor Gleeson. You're below Brian Rispin. Yeah. And uh, just to ask you, how many points did you get this week? 14. 14, okay. Horrendous week. Horrendous. Uh, Conor Gleeson, Cormac Brady, Joanne Byrne, Stephen Duffy, Mags. Anyway, Hines. that's enough of that. That's no, no, enough no, of no, that. No, 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 we're nearly there. <laughs> Robert Purfield, Pat Conlon, Susan Farrell, Karen Curran, third from bottom, it's Mickey Brennan. <laughs> 28 position in the way I mean. How many points did I get this week? 14. Same as you, so just you be quiet. And just be mindful that the two people below you haven't played since week one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if, if let's be honest about it. Susan Kieran and Terry both <coughs> behind you. Do you know what? Hang on. They haven't played since week one. Yeah. And, 
and Susan is only 15 points behind us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, oh. we've spent way too much time <laughs> on the GA for We're going to have a David do our own podcast. They, they might have to it. be cut off now. Yeah, yeah look, so, look I, honestly, lads, you know, we've spent way, way too much time on the GA predictions oh, this week. Um, I don't obviously spend enough time on the GA predictions. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's lucky I'm the host. Um, and I asked the questions uh, because I don't have any information. Jeez, lads, lads. <laughs> I actually need a bit of air. I feel like <laughs> yeah, you should do because you're you're not far away from me, yeah. so you're not. Um, look, uh, yeah, no, look, it, it's 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 the, the the table doesn't lie. Um, my performances so far have been terrible, and I think I need to get a new manager, um, and I need a new strength and conditioning coach, and I need maybe a sports psychologist to come in and speak to me. I've uh, I, I need something to turn my season. There's a bit around. of a worrying pattern going. I'm just looking week one, week two, week three. You've gone from 19 decent week one, then 15 week two, 14 week three. What? <laughs> What's going to be next week? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at David Rispens. You went 29, 19, 14. So the only what difference, the only difference between don't you worry about yours for a minute. The only difference between me and you that I'm 15 points ahead of you is, is exactly this, yeah, yeah. Is that you had a good week one? Um, looking at uh, Mr. Kieran Flynn as well, he is here. You went 26, 20, 23, so you're averaging Good. 23 a week, so um, yeah. yeah, not so bad. Look, there is that's only after round three, there's four rounds left, so you have two weeks now. There's a break, obviously, next week, two weeks to actually knuckle down. Do you know what, lads? You sound like Liverpool supporters, you sound like you've won the league. Already. Well, I'm nowhere near you sound like the you've league, won so. the, you're like before even halfway mark, you, you sound like you've won the league. Um, now I mean the Liverpool of the past because obviously this year they did win it uh, halfway through the season so they did Mickey you're like Norwich but, uh, at the bottom of the table yeah. fighting relegation well <laughs> looking, you know looking maroon down there I'm looking for who, who will I get in Harry Redknapp to manage me for the last for the final just to keep me up that's yeah. all I'm looking for look it's been a bit of crack and we are enjoying it and we'll have that every week and I can't wait to climb the table and I would love it I would love it <laughs> I would love it if I beat you's um, so anyways uh, that's it from the We Are Mead podcast for this week um, I'm going to just check have we any other business from Mr. Kieran Flynn yeah and it's something we'll probably tie in when we talk football on our Patreon as well is the under 20 footballers uh, that championship started on Saturday uh, Wexford and Carlo played out a game on Friday the 7th Wexford winning 3-8 to 2-9 and basically that means Wexford are going to be playing against us this Saturday coming in Wexford Park well, they played the game in Enniscorthy. It'll be interesting to see will it will it probably be in Enniscorthy or will it be in Wexford. Also in that, um, Offaly defeated Loud 2-6 to 9 points and Dublin defeated Wicklow 1-17 to 1-7. So that means Dublin will be playing Longford and that game is in Dublin. It'll also be Wexford playing Mead and Offaly are playing Kildare. That'll all be next weekend. So basically, get down 2 o'clock either Enniscorthy or Wexford Park. Jerry uh, Robinson and the lads are going to be going to be playing their first game with under 20s we got remember we said we were going to go getting clarification on the, the under 20s rules they're, they're the gr changing the rules but as of now anyone that plays in the national league is eligible by rule to play for the under 20s so that's an interesting headache for all in, in behind the scenes in me ga yeah we've we've like we we spoke about this on the podcast last week that we weren't sure we've had it clarified now because we were worried that you know, Mead had four under twenty one or under twenties um involved with O'Byrne Cup and then with the senior team. So it's great that they actually are going to be able to play both if if the managers see fit to use them, they're going to be available for both under twenty 
and for um for the senior team. The only thing about that is that means that David Clifford is also available for Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I didn't ever know that. Senior captain. He'll be in the under-20s too. Oh, I hope to God that. But at the moment it says it's, it's going to be great. We'll probably discuss maybe potential starting lineups for that maybe later in the week. It'll be interesting to see what... Maybe our performances in the league and that it'll be just myself and Davey maybe talking about maybe. Yeah, maybe it will. Um, we will be um, uh, previewing that a little bit better, uh, a little bit more on our uh, Loyal Royal podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. We also will be um, uh, discussing the Mead Mayo game in uh, in depth. And we have the interview from Andy McEntee, as we said, talks about a lot of things. He talks about the... The, the, the in injury situation he wasn't happy about uh, he's not happy about the rules and the consistency of the rules and um, you know he's uh, talking about uh, how he's going to lift the players for uh, the next game against Kerry Davey Rispin have you anything else any other business for us on this week's We Are Mead podcast no I suppose I'll point people in the directions of the We Are Mead uh, you know league I know it's not too late but they might still be able to catch you in the table if they join for round four so gaproductions.com <laughs> Um, and Mickey Brennan is your target. You how, don't many, to... how many points have I got at the moment? Because I actually I think, think thirty three. Yeah, I think that, that like, like last year, I I scored like in one week I scored like forty four points or forty two points. So like anybody could join the the predictions league now, and by the end of, catch the, of the fourth week could be ahead of me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Kieran Flynn has one more thing for the podcast. No, it's just an interesting thing. We we only discuss it rarely, kind of sometimes, but. Uh, the score shinter competition is on this year and it's, it's an element of the GA we probably don't promote enough of. But the big thing that every club can do and they're probably afraid because they think it's all a squelga. There's a table quiz on this Saturday night in Navalomatnis and it's it's 20 euro join for your club. But there's only one question in every round a squelga. So there's about 80 questions. Oh sorry, there's 100 questions and only 10 of them are in Irish. And the Irish now is, is fairly primary school level. But of course, every there's someone in every club that has done well and it's probably something I mentioned as well because it's the only thing Dunsany have ever won I think we've won in All-Ireland in the quiz so it's something that we could at least say we've got a Celtic cross and something but it's a great part of the GA and then two weeks later the proper score events are on we'll talk about that maybe later two weeks time or whatever but just table quiz Navin O'Matney's 8 o'clock this, this, this Saturday night um, if anybody is available get uh, get representing your club in Navin O'Matney's for that quiz that's it from We Are Mead for this week and remember We Are Mead why? Matters more.